the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along today for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. How are things today? Things are great, John. Very nice. But you know, anytime I come to work, yes. and as much as I, I love being here with you guys. Thank you. It's a wonderful job. Feelings mutual. I love our listening audience. I love getting into the ideas of the day. I'd really rather be at a bookstore. Come on. Like, like any time, pretty much regardless of what I'm doing, if I had my druthers, I'd rather be at a bookstore. Really? I mean, I like a bookstore, but bookstores have changed I know. so much. And not for the better. No, no. Uh, you know, the big chains, of course, have been obliterated. So what I like now is that there's a, a number of smaller independents that have risen up and somehow by hook or crook, they're making survived. a living. Isn't that great? Yeah. So all of the years that Borders was a mainstay on uh, McKnight Road in the North Hills and on Route 19 in the South Hills, and then Barnes & Noble was a big deal downtown. It was a big deal in Squirrel Hill. It's still a big deal, thank goodness, at Sudler's Ridge, where it still exists, and the same thing at Cranberry. Um, but I spent a ton of time in those places. Yeah. A ton of time. Just browsing. Now, the problem, and I was one of the reasons for their failure, is because I spent a lot more time in them than I spent buying something in them. Well, that's the modus operandi. Well, that's, right? that's the issue, right? That's why they tanked over time, is there were too many people hanging out there. Well, it's Amazon. Right. And course, Amazon. You had both, of, the, you right? had both yeah. of those together, right? But there were some great bookstores here. There were some great bookstores. Remember the uh, bookstore? There was a downtown Pittsburgh on Forbes Avenue. This is, uh, I'll super date myself, next to the National Record Mart. And I was thinking about this the other day. There was that bookstore. I worked downtown for a long time. The guy who owned that bookstore was the quintessential. He was sort of unhappy. So when mm-hmm. you would come in, you know and what the word is? Books, hmm. Cranky. He was cranky, but I love that bookstore. The window was always filled with oversized sort of coffee table things or weird stuff, weird titles. You go, oh, it catches my eye there. I want to go in and check it out. And of course, you'd walk in there and come out an hour later. Right. With that guy, I always felt like I had to get something. There was also a cranky guy at City Books. City Books has reinvented yeah, themselves. Yeah, that's what I they heard. The and, they're, and they're in a different place now, right? That was a they're great in a different location. location. I love that location. I love how it smelled. On, south, on the south side. It was side. musty and wonderful in there. There was a cat. Yeah, it had everything. He was cranky. Yeah. But that's part of the charm of it, right? I guess. Although, you know, we know Byron Borger from Hearts and Minds. He's not cranky. No, he's not at all. But we've never been in his physical store, ever, after right. all these years of right. knowing him. Yeah. We always see him here in Pittsburgh, or we see him when we're out doing a thing, and he's there at the same time. But we're never at Hearts and Minds in Dallastown. Yeah, we've never okay, been there. So a maybe there's time. a difference if you're in the physical space. I, I mean, I'm sure it is, and it looks lovely because I've seen photographs online. But here's a place that was written up in the New York Times: Amazing Books and Records in Squirrel Hill. Uh, Eric Ackland is the owner. I've never been in this place. I've heard about it mm-hmm. from 20 different people. I have no excuse. 
for personally not having my form in the store already. Right. Now, uh, this article, I think, was in Sunday's Times. And like all, well, like most independent bookstores, it is a small-ish storefront. But it is chock full of, with weird and unusual things. In the article, uh, Aaron Acklin, the aforementioned owner of Amazing Books, he said uh, in 2013, he was you know, sort of looking for a career. He's one of these guys who's done a lot of different things. And he walked into Amazing Books downtown and had a conversation with the owner. And uh, Eric Acklin said, Boy, one of these days I really want to own a bookstore. And the owner said, well, this one's for sale. And he was like, whoa, okay. So he marshaled somehow his forces together, scraped together enough money. Now, the, the name was not for sale. Amazing bookstores, mm-hmm. right? But uh, he did buy the books and, uh, I'm sorry, it was called it was, Awesome Books. I was going to say, there was, yeah, he kept the A. He uh, just changed the, the word. So from Awesome to Amazing, uh, a few years later, there has been some closings. What, one in Oakland was the one in downtown also mm-hmm. closed. Right. But the mainstay is Squirrel Hill. And it's it's filled with weird oddities, things you're not going to find I love unless that. you sort of you know bru- look at the aisles very carefully. And here's the thing: I, there's a store that I frequent in Lancaster when I'm out there because that's store. where my in-laws lived. It's a little bookstore like this one, and I tend to buy things in there because I want to reward the owner right. for coming up with the idea to sell this book. Because it's so weird, or it's so interesting, or it's I've never seen it anywhere else. And that's what I'm looking forward to about getting into amazing books and records in Squirrel Hill. I, I love the way that the author of the New York Times piece, Mark Oppenheimer, described kind of the milieu of what's going on in there. Right. And I, he says this about Eric Ackland. He said, he'll gladly neglect the endless task of computerizing his shelf-busting inventory to talk with you about his beloved 19th century authors like George Eliot and Dostoevsky or his fine selection of Jewish theology. On his way to becoming an Orthodox Jew in his 30s, Ackland briefly took an interest in Christian apologetics. And one day last winter, we talked G.K. Chesterton as the store's hi-fi Piped early Pat Benatar. <laughs> now that's just a fun person sure is. Yeah. who's thought about a lot of things, gone in a bunch of different directions. And Ackland says a bookstore clerk or owner is inevitably something of a therapist. Without a doubt. Kind of right? like a bartender? Yeah, kind of, right? Because if you're involved in that conversation, you'll get to know that guy, his quirks, you'll get to know you. Remember um, Jay's? Uh, did you ever yes, go to Jay's? Yes, Jay's Bookstall. Which was on Forbes Avenue, in I'm Oakland. Sorry, Fifth Avenue forever and yep. ever, yeah. He was sort of that guy. He was a little cranky, too. He was. Yeah, but you could talk to him about all sorts of stuff. That place was so small. Yeah. It was so, maybe it wasn't that small, but it was jammed with so many things, it seemed small. It was a good theater bookstore. Yeah. Oh, was it a good yeah, theater it was, bookstore? Yeah, uh-huh. Really? He always had a good, uh, that was the place to go. Huh. Anyway, uh, so kudos to yeah, Amazing man. Books and Records for landing in the New York Times. Support your local bookseller. And uh, Mark Oppenheimer wrote a very nice piece, and apparently he loved his experience mm-hmm. there. Excellent. So. You need to get over there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, listen, we've got a, a big show going on. There's lots of things that are in motion here. We'll take a quick break, though, before we get uh, into the into the deeper weeds and talk about something beautiful, about the joy of gratitude. That's next with Gavin Orland. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Elevation Worship featuring Taryn Wells, Echo. Believer by Rhett Walker. I am a believer. And Remind Me by Blanca. You better remind me. 
the best new music, and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction and Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here in Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. Is joy hard for you to find? Is it something that you're in- intentional about? It depends on what time in my life you're talking about. I mean, time of day or time no. of like. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. At five a.m. I mean, I'm not. I no, no. nothing sparks joy, it's, Mike. At nine a.m. Ten thirty, your head's on the pillow, I mean, and you go, "Man, I got joy right now." Now at nine a.m., I'm feeling much more joyful. No, I mean, it, you know, there are peaks and valleys in life. I mean, sometimes joy is very hard to come by. Right. Other times, not so much. Gavin Ortland is with us. Gavin's going to talk to us about joy. And Gavin, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, you can find Gavin on, online at gavinortland.com. How are you today, friend? Hey, doing well. Good to be with you guys. Always good. Gavin, so I'm reading your piece about gratitude, and something uh, uh, struck me about it, because you've been with us for for any number of times over the years, and you seem to me, and I know we've never met, we've just had these conversations on the air, but you seem like a happy guy. You seem like, you know, well-adjusted, strong, you've got a good family, you've got a great, you know, thing going on in your life, uh, but you make an admission in some ways about the difficulty of finding joy in your life. And I go, oh, I raised my hand. When I read that, I thought, oh, that's me too. But you discovered something about joy 
talk to us about that, about um, joy being elusive and the intentionality of it. Yeah, well, I've been putting into practice what I call intentional gratitude, which is just whenever I think to throughout the day, I'll just pause and think of things that I'm grateful for. And a lot of times it'll be in the car, driving home, that kind of thing, when I have a few minutes to think. And um, I've just found that it is far more powerful than I expected in terms of the impact that that has. Because, um, like you said, you know, it's easy to look on the, the, the things about life that you wish were different, and you can put all your focus upon the problems and the things that are stressful about life. But I, my experience is I have so many blessings in my life, and it's easy to overlook them. Right. And if I am intentional to focus upon them, it leads to gratefulness in my heart, and gratefulness leads to joy. I've just experienced that pretty powerfully. The more I do this, the more it leads to um, a, a joyful attitude, uh, happiness, and just an awareness of how blessed I am. So why did you decide to start this procedure or this, you know, maybe you get, maybe a mindset or you get a reminder that pops up on your phone every day, or how are you remembering to do it and why? Um, it is pretty random. I don't have any reminders. I just kind of do it as I think to. So some, some days it'll be very minimal. Uh, some days it'll be kind of throughout the day constantly. And um, it just began, I, I've heard of, and I talk about this in the, in the post that I wrote, I heard a quote from Ann Voskamp that says, joy does not lead to gratitude, gratitude leads to joy. And I was just kind of struck by that, and I uh, had been in a season of life where um, I'd been feeling a little bit down, and so I thought I was going to put that into practice. And I basically began each back then I was doing it a little more intentionally. It was kind of every morning in the, and then since then it's kind of just developed on its own. But, um, so I just take time and just think of things that I'm grateful for. And I was always amazed at how many things I have to be grateful for. And yet it's easy to forget about them or to assume them or to overlook them. And I just found it really makes a difference in cultivating a joyful heart. The more, to truly feel in your heart, I am so blessed. Look at these things in my life, whether it be my family or my, my job or the house I live in or even just small things like the food that I eat on a given day. And to cultivate gratitude for those things really leads to joy. Joy does not lead to gratitude. Gratitude leads to joy. I mean, that's very simple, but when you, I think all of us, when you think about where you are in this world, you know, here we are in the 21st century, and it's not a perfect world. It's a painful and harsh and broken, a violent world often. But when you look at your family, your walk with your God, your job, your friends, your house, all those things, there's a million and one things, both big and small, that are placed before us every day. When you think about the sweep of human history and what we've been given it's easy in that mindset to be grateful for what has been set before us. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be careful with um, listing my examples. I Sometimes after I wrote the post, I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't list all the things I'm thinking of because I recognize there might be someone who reads my post and then thinks, well, I don't have this or that. And um, comparison can be such a thief of right, joy. Right. And you think, oh, I, well, you know, someone might say, well, I don't have a family, for example. Right. But my experience is no matter what you're going through in life, there's usually something that you can be grateful for, um, even if it's just the air that you're breathing, you know, which is a great place to start. 
And most of us have other things that we can look around, and many of us are, are really blessed, and we have a lot of things that we can look around and, and say, I'm really grateful for that. And um, it's kind of like the old saying about a glass being half empty or half full. Most of our lives are like that. There's some things that are going well for us. There's other things that are not going well, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so easy for the things that are not going well to become the focus and what we think about and what we stress over. And, of course, that doesn't lead to joy. Um, that leads to stress and disappointment and discouragement. But focusing on the, the, the half-full things, the things that really we do have that are blessings in our life, I just find is, it's not something that, we, that I tend to do you know, by instinct. And so I have to cultivate that as an intentional practice. Gavin Ortland is with us. When you're talking about intentional practices, Gavin, these are spiritual disciplines, and people look at those in different ways, and different people have different ones. Um, can you tell us what are the other things that you think of that you need to remind yourself to do, or you have a daily or a weekly or a monthly schedule of doing? How do you mean? Like, like well, prayer? Yeah, like so some people you know, have different prayer arrangements so that they might pray for certain people in the first week of the month or certain people in the last week of the month, or, you know, they pray for certain people on Monday or, you know, it goes to the day of the week, or you read different scripture passages at different times, or some people read a Psalm a day or a proverb a day, you know, whatever. Your spiritual practices. Yeah, so I'm just wondering what yours are. Yeah, sure. There, There are really just two that I have as a regular thing. Sometimes I'll go through a season of time where I'll try to do more, but the things that are kind of a constant, um, because life, you know, life gets busy and it's easy. I try to keep it simple so it doesn't fall by the wayside. So the two things that I do, one is just a, a, a brief time of reading scripture and praying in the morning, and I keep that really simple and focused. I just read um, basically until something strikes me to pray about, and then I just write out a one-sentence prayer. And that's just become a practice for me, which, you know, other people might do it longer, other people might do it differently for me, because so much of my day is spent thinking and studying on other things in the Bible, since I'm a pastor and often doing sermon prep and things like that. I just find it helpful to keep that continuity and keep, and I think I've actually talked with you guys once about a, a, a a blog post I wrote about um, doing uh, doing daily devotions like that. So I know we've talked about that a little bit before, but that's just a helpful thing for me to stay focused and keep it going. The big thing is momentum. If I start to forget about it and I don't do it, then I get discouraged and I feel guilty. And so I just want to keep it simple. The other thing I do is I just have people that I text uh, encouragements to. There's people in my life I know are going through things, and if I don't um, put it on my Google Calendar to have little reminders, I may forget to text them and um, or reach out in some other way in some cases. Some of the people are older people who don't have a cell phone to text, so sometimes it's a call. But usually it's a text message, and it's just brief and just a way to reach out. So those are the two things that I do. People out there who are like... Uh, you know, John, you're more more spiritual than me. You're probably spending four hours in the morning reading your Bible, but that, I just I Thank keep you, it Kevin. simple. That way, I don't forget about it. One of his spiritual practices is tolerating me. <laughs> you want to talk about a thing that makes no, a person no. strong? You're both on my gratitude list. That's Believe sweet. me, you are. That's, That's sweet. Good. All right, Gavin. Um, let me ask you then. Uh, you had talked to us in the past about ways to to read scripture. Um, and I just think when we're talking about gratitude or we're talking about spiritual practice or whatever it is, I always think it's important to go back to how we read, 
right? Because I think the problem, at least in my life, the I'm the enemy of my own grand plans. <laughs> and so the idea of you saying, I want to keep it simple, I really think you've hit on something important. So how do you read the scripture on a daily basis? Do you have a plan or is it just a matter of you sitting down and just doing it? Yeah, I do have a plan. Um, I do it in my office here at the church. That's the first thing that helps for two reasons. Number one, I like to drink coffee in the mornings. And anything I do prior to drinking coffee, I'm not at my best. (laughs) Amen, Gavin, yes. So that's, you know, I've kind of learned if I do it when I first wake up, it's more difficult. Also, I have three young kids, and so our morning routine can be, um, we just went back to school today. My son had his first day of first grade, and it was a reminder this morning that it can be a little bit hectic getting out the door sometimes. So um, I just think I'm not going to try to fight with that. That's going to be a a, a different time, you know, up until eight or nine. And then when I get to the office, and I just keep it simple. I have a sheet of paper. I write, I'm in the book of Proverbs right now. I have done it differently where I'll read through, you know, a book of the Bible, you know, longer sections. But right now, all I do is I write, I read until something strikes me. Many times it'll be two or three verses, something like that in Proverbs. And then I write out a one sentence prayer. And then I just take time praying usually beyond that, but I only write out one sentence. The reason I write it out is then I can look back the next day and see what struck me, and it builds continuity, and I can remember things better. Um, and so I just keep it very focused. Now, I'll have other times where I'll pray also. I'll go on a prayer walk, or I'll use a—sometimes I'll use a, a car ride, our, our, our gym. I have a gym membership to a new place that's about half an hour away. So many times that car ride will be a time where I can pray. So I don't limit my prayer, you know, to that time— but this is just a way for me to keep to make sure it actually happens because it's easy for things in the clutter of life to kind of fall away when they get too complicated. That's good. So simple's best. I like that, Gavin. I like it an awful lot. But you know, the, what struck me was that quote, which is you know, in your back pocket. There it is. Joy does not lead to gratitude. Gratitude leads to joy. So you look, you're thankful for that, and then all springs, all things spring from that. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and just for people listening to this who may want to put that into practice, you know, that I'm sure that can look very different for different people, but I would just encourage people, it really does make a difference. It really does help. No matter what you're going through in life, there's some something you can be grateful for, and drawing our attention to that can really help put our heart in, in a healthy and happy place. That's very good. Gavin, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Gavin Ortland, look from online at Gavin Ortland, which is O R T L U N D, GavinOrtland.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness. Just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Mostly cloudy and humid tonight with a low of 65. Tomorrow will be mainly cloudy and humid still with a shower or heavy thunderstorm in the area during the afternoon and evening hours. The high will be 77. Partly cloudy with just a shower or two around tomorrow night, mainly early on. The low will be 57. And then on Friday, a big change comes with less humid conditions and clearing skies with a high of 75. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. eat a mcdonald's all that much it's not that i have anything against mcdonald's i just you know you know i try to fit in my pants right so we were just on a road trip and on the way back home from the beach we stopped at mcdonald's oh yeah now i was surprised by the kiosk how about that Mm -hmm. so that's new yeah um now my kid my my oldest who's up at grove city he will go to he'll go to mcdonald's in grove city he'll say oh i do this all the time i said what do you mean he said i don't go to the counter i use this self-service kiosk i order pay they call my number out i get my stuff and i split so it's kind of like you know giant eagle Mm -hmm. instead of using the cashier now this that model has reached out into fast food right so now as you can imagine the company put that out to see if people would use it right so that they can figure out a way to not pay anyone to work at mcdonald's right at the counter right so that's what well 
surprised that's what's happening. That wait, so the automation only extends to counter help, right? I mean, not, not, like there's not like a robot making me a cheeseburger. Well, you may see a change at your local McDonald's in the near future, whether you're ready for it or not. Says uh, this article by Jazz Shaw online. I don't, know, I don't know if Jazz is a woman or a man, but this is what he or she says. Um, the fast food giant is planning a rollout of a new format for its stores in select location. The major change is that there will be no tables and no seating inside the restaurant. Oh, see, now that's not good. This because is a look, new, this is a new, we were right. just talking to Chris Arnaud, right? Uh, Arnaudi. And he was saying, which his whole point is, that McDonald's is essentially the meeting room of the United States. Right. So for people who are marginalized. So now that's going to go away? Known as McDonald's to go, all orders are for takeout only. Oh, and there's one more big change. You won't have to interact with those pesky, fallible human beings anymore. Oh, great. Isn't that good news? All ordering is done using a kiosk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... That's what it's going to be. So, so someone, this, you, you punch in, they read the terminal in the back where uh-huh. you know the, the people are making the burgers and the fries and whatnot, just like my kid does. He does not engage with an active human. Right. And this format is ostensibly to allow people to get their food faster and be back on their way more quickly and efficiently. Okay. So how, okay, now, so you are not a frequenter of fast food. No, but. You know, I, I spent a couple weeks in Europe, and there are a lot of McDonald's in, oh, are there? Okay. in Germany. Did yeah. you eat there? Um, I, we stopped there several times. Mm-hmm. I did not order food, but I sat back and kind of watched what was happening because they were kiosk-based McDonald's. Right. Now, it's a little different in Germany, at least the places that I was, because believe it or, <laughs> believe it or not, if you order food, they make it to order. Wow, really? So they don't get the whole fast yeah. concept of the fast so food. So you're hanging out for a little bit. So you're hanging out for a little bit. And it looked very good. It d- sure. d- did not look like a McDonald's no, here. It was so hot diff- and fresh right. as opposed to sitting back there in a bin different, for 20 minutes. Different expectations in different places, right? However, I was on the Autobahn um, and pulled over and there was this one McDonald's, kind of like a rest stop where a McDonald's was, it was inside of it. Sure. And it was completely kiosk-based. So it was the same thing where I watched people get in line and order their stuff and then wait. And all of the people who are working there are like behind a wall. Hmm. It's like they're... Sequestered. Right. And so you're out there waiting for your stuff, but people were waiting such an incredibly long time. Really? And all the people inside the wall, because you could see them, were running around frenetically it was like they were crashing into each other there were i'm sure there were injuries happening it was it 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 looked like it wasn't working Hmm. and from my perspective just watching all the people order i thought for sure this isn't working now interestingly enough in this article i was just mentioning um the person who went through this to kind of you know check it out um the the reviewer reported that the total time to get your food and leave wasn't any quicker than a normal drive-through experience or picking up takeout orders at the usual counters. Hmm. Also, the pictures and the descriptions provided make the store sound rather depressing. <laughs> the floors and some of the walls are gray. The customer area is small and uninviting. It all sounds like a deliberately planned environment designed to encourage people to pick up their meal and get out as quickly as possible. And with no place to sit down, it'll probably work. Well, the, the fact is, though, when you look at fast food restaurants today, most people are not sitting inside. I mean, a lot of people are just doing the drive-through. Right, and taking it to go. Right, which is the miracle of All miracles right, but of Chick-fil-A. Let me tell you this, and I want to ask Mike about this. I was in Chick-fil-A just this afternoon. You were inside. Yeah, in the, in the North Hills. I'm at uh, 
yeah, Road. Yeah, the one on McKnight Road. That's a nice Chick-fil-A. It, it was a nice Chick-fil-A. And I walked in to order, and my daughter and I were trying to figure out whether we were going to eat in or take it home. Yeah. And there was not one single place to sit. Oh, the really? The entire thing was, was mobbed. packed up. Right. So is that unusual at a Chick-fil-A that the dining room would be that busy, Mike? Yes, definitely. I would think okay. so, too. Oh, yeah. But, oh, you yeah. know, whoever invented Wait, so, it. So most of the time there's space, you're saying? Oh, no, I'm saying most most of the time, or depending on what time it is, between between t- noon and 2 o'clock, especially at the, the one in uh, in Cranberry, oh, my it. gosh, yeah. you, you could barely find a seat. Okay, so it's similar to the one I'm so, so it's different. I don't know what it is. So you're saying that a lot of people want to take food to leave. It looked like everybody today wanted to get their food and eat it there. Well, that, that again, that's a very it's nice Chick-fil-A. Uh, but you know, th- I'm not sure about that. Look, th- whoever invented the Chick Fil A drive-through model is so awesome. That person, you know, th- should be in charge of something in the should, federal government, without a doubt, yeah. because that is really a, the best drive-through experience you'll ever have. It's fabulous. It really is. I don't know. Okay, so you're not a, a fast food person. I got to be honest. Occasionally, I'll get a taste for like a McDonald's burger. How was it, the McDonald's burger you had? Well, there's a McDonald's not far from here, from the studios, um, you know, over the hill here. Um, it's a good McDonald's. You, you go through, I'm not saying it's, you know, the healthiest thing, but more often than not, it's fresh, it's fast, it's well done. It hits the spot for me. You'd it's love, not healthy. I'll tell you right now, you'd love it in Germany. All right. Well, okay, so the new automated McDonald's. I think it's a horrible idea. I hate everything about it. Is that in response to the $15 an hour minimum wage? What? I like it because you don't have to deal with their customer service. Who, McDonald's? Yes. Or, what, what so your- you just want to talk to no people ever? My pleasure. 101.5 WORD. Every marriage has areas that are working and others that could improve. The Focus on Marriage Assessment will help you discover and evaluate 12 essential traits to build a relationship that thrives. It's free. Take the free assessment by logging on to our station website and use the keyword marriage. Also, win an all-inclusive marriage retreat with a cabin, meals, and retreat activities and $1,000 to cover flight and incidental expenses, plus a free ebook download of date night ideas. Take your marriage from good to great. Register for the Marriage Get away at wordfm.com slash marriage. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people People like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards, and it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Now we're doing 
doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem-Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. What would America look like if students like me took their Bibles to school? Yet, in many schools, students are being told they can't. The truth is, you can bring your Bible to school. It's your First Amendment right. Focus on the Family is sponsoring Bring Your Bible to School Day on Thursday, October 3rd. It's a day for students to boldly put their religious freedoms into practice. Learn more at bringyourbible.org. That's bringyourbible.org. Bring Your Bible to School Day, Thursday, October 3rd. Bring it. Share it. Live it. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick brothers return to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. John Harrison is frustrated. He's a coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film is rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. In my weekend reading, I was uh, perusing USA Today, which is, uh, you know, been around forever. I, when it first came out, I always thought it was sort of like a comic book newspaper with the, the color and all that. It was news light, but right. apparently, you know, the rest of the world's kind of caught up, for better or worse, because it's a serious, USA Today has become sort of a uh, serious news source. However, I was shocked, surprised, and delighted that in Saturday's edition of USA Today, there was an opinion piece that had this headline, the Southern Poverty Law Center is a hate-based scam that nearly caused me to be murdered. Jessica Prohl-Smith was the opinion writer on that piece. And uh, it was shocking in its clarity, directness, and honesty of calling out the Southern Poverty Law Center. With us right now is Jessica Prohl-Smith, who is the senior news writer and editor for Alliance Defending Freedom, along with Jeremy Tedesco, who is ADF senior counsel. And uh, Jessica, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us here today. Thanks so much for having us. The Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, Jessica, is known certainly countrywide for those of us that follow the news or spend time, you know, reading articles about ideas that are floated around um, our nation's culture. And of course, what they're best known for is their hate list. And this is a list that they publish on a yearly basis. And this is the list of all of the hate groups in America. And in spite of all of their efforts over many, many decades, supposedly fighting the haters in America, this hate list has still continued to grow. Now, when I started this job here with John 10 years ago, I had heard of the Southern Poverty Law Center, of course, and I just thought, wow, that's really great because that's a watchdog group which is keeping up with organizations like the KKK, right? So they're going to be on the forefront of you know protecting the general public, standing up for truth, and we need organizations like that. It wasn't until I started reading more about the issues that were going on, and then I'd see organizations that I knew about that I valued or I had even supported financially who showed up on the hate list. And then I thought, wait a minute, there's something going on here. There's a weird disconnect. There's something going on here. Okay, so start talking, uh, Jessica, about your own personal experience, August 15th, 2012. 
Thanks so much, Kathy. Yes, it was about seven years ago, last week, August 15th, and that day is going to stick with me probably for the rest of my life. It was one of the worst days of my life. I was I was working as an editor for Family Research Council and just about to go to lunch when we were put on lockdown. And a man with a gun entered my office with the plan to kill as many of us as possible. And he had brought a backpack uh, with a dozen plus Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And he said later that he intended, quote, to smear them in victims' faces after he had shot the place up. But uh, if you know the story, my coworker, Leo, uh, heroically interrupted that attempt. And humanly speaking, he really saved the day. We later learned from his testimony to law enforcement that the gunman had actually gotten the idea to target our office by looking at the Southern Poverty Law Center's heat map that you mentioned already, uh, which lumped FRC and now my current employer, Alliance Defending Freedom, together uh, mainstream organizations right next to the KKK. So I had the chance to write this uh, my story out because I think it's appalling and offensive to compare those peaceful Christian organizations uh, to the KKK. Okay, so Jessica, you were working for the Family Research Council, which was targeted by someone who was consumed with hatred for your perspective. You would think that that type of act would be one that would be investigated and talked about by a group like the Southern Poverty Law Center. You, you would think, you would hope so. And I, I want to make it clear, I don't blame anyone for his actions except the shooter himself. Uh, but we do all bear responsibility to show respect and civility. And I think it's really striking. Uh, the SPLC read my op-ed and issued their own statement later in the day uh, where they basically just avoided expressing any sympathy or even condemning the violence. If you'd read it and you hadn't read mm-hmm. my piece, you would have no idea mm-hmm. uh, that there had been a shooting. Um, and, and basically, they just took the chance to paraphrase their own distortion mm-hmm. of our record and call us a hate group all over again. Right. So, Jessica, can you go back? Do you do you know the history of the Southern Poverty Law Center? Because decades ago, when they first came into uh, to being, they were not a hate group labeler that made millions and millions of dollars of calling people out. I, I do know bits and pieces of their of their story, and I'll, I'll probably bump things over to Jeremy in a second because he's got a good deal of expertise. But they did start out by calling out some really uh, repulsive and problematic organizations, and they have wandered seriously off of their roots, uh, away from their roots, uh, both just with irresponsible rhetoric, and I think their methodology has proven to be uh, seriously flawed. Jeremy Tedesco, ADF Senior Counsel and Vice President of U.S. Advocacy. So, Jeremy, talk to us about that. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center calls out Alliance Defending Freedom, Family Research Council, Council specifically what? You're hating whom? Well, they have us in their anti-LGBT category, which is obviously completely mistaken in a, a mischaracterization and misrepresentation of who we are and what we stand for. We've won nine cases at the Supreme Court since 2011. We're one of the most respected Supreme Court advocates in the country. They resort to calling names and mudslinging against groups whose political philosophy or, or outlook on life they dislike. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a very effective tool for trying to marginalize that group, those groups, because they like Jessica was talking about, just put them on a list next to the KKK and the American Nazi Party and make no distinctions. 
Um, but that's the problem. I mean, it, look, this has been going on for decades and decades where journalists and commentators from across the political spectrum have been calling out the SPLC for being a direct mail marketing scam um, and, and for being unprincipled and, and unreliable. Um, and, you know, now they're, 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 all this is coming home to roost. They, they had to fire their co-founder just a few months ago. Their longtime president left amidst many employees saying that they have a culture, a systemic culture of racism and sexism within their organization. Um, and even some liberal commentators are coming out and saying that their hate map is an outright fraud and, and, a, and a complete scam. And so, you know, a lot of these things are getting to the national level now. And I think you see them responding the way they did to Jessica's article because they're afraid and, and they see what's coming. Mm-hmm. It was back in March that I read the article written by Bob Mosier in The New Yorker called The Reckoning of Morris Dees in the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, Bob Morris Mo- Yeah, was the founder of the Southern Poverty Law Center um, in his 80s, was finally removed from his position there. But Bob Mosier worked there for uh, several years, and he wrote a, a very well-done piece that is absolutely scathing It's an, in, in its indictment of the Southern Poverty Law Center, while at the same time still being a person that identifies with their political perspective, but is smart enough and brave enough to say, look, we might have similar ideas, but the way that the SPLC has gone about this is completely wrong. So I want to bring up just a couple things from his article and run it past both of you. Again, this is from um, Bob Mosher's article in The New Yorker in March. He says um, that when Donald Trump's presidency began, it opened up a gusher of donations for the Southern Poverty Law Center. They raised $50 million in 2016, but in 2017, they took in $132 million, much of it coming after the violent spectacle that unfolded at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, that August. George and Amal Clooney's Justice Foundation donated a million dollars to the Southern Poverty Law Center, as did Apple, which also added a donation button for the SPLC to its iTunes store. J.P. Morgan chipped in $500,000. The new money pushed the center's endowment past $450 million, which is more than the total assets of the American Civil Liberties Union, and it now employs an all-time high of around 350 staffers. But none of that has slackened its constant drive for more money. Quote, if you're outraged about the path President Trump is taking, I urge you to join us in the fight against the mainstreaming of hate. A direct mail appeal signed by Morris Dees last year read, please join our fight today with a gift of $25, $35, or $100. Working together, we can push back against these bigots. So, Jessica, this is in your backyard. You make your living as a writer, uh, first uh, with Family Research Council, now with Alliance Defending Freedom. When you hear this... This has to make you your blood curdle, knowing that you yourself could have been murdered that day not too long ago. Yeah, it it, it is concerning. I mean, I Bob Mosier also wrote in that piece, you know, the heart-sinking reality of just de- realizing he was a pawn in a highly profitable scam. And I think it is, and I think it's really tragic. Um, I I personally, I don't expect everyone will agree with my beliefs or my point of view, uh, but I, I do hope to not be targeted by an act of terrorism, and, and I also hope that we can work together and have a country where we can have real conversations without slander 
um, without name calling and without hate labels. Right. And so, Jeremy, Jeremy Tedesco for the Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, when you face off with Southern Poverty Law Center and you see their, their libelous ways, I mean... And their unbelievable assets. Right. And, and, you know, they're targeting Alliance Defending Freedom. How do you respond to that? I mean, in court, can you go toe-to-toe? You know, they don't show up in court very often against us, if ever. Although I will say they filed a, an amicus brief uh, in our current case before the Supreme Court. They didn't get ugly in that brief. They simply expressed their point of view, which is in opposition to the point of view uh, of us and our client in our case. That's the way to do civil discourse in our country. We're, we're to, you know, go to the the halls of justice to, to make our opinions known, to advocate for our positions uh, in a respectful way. The problem is they turn around, you know, the next day and fire off some kind of missive that you know, represents us in a way that's completely false uh, and attacks us and name calls us. It, what they do sows discord. It shuts down conversation. It creates division. Uh, and, and, and that's unfortunate. What we do at Alliance Defending Freedom every day is we fight for religious freedom, for free speech, our victories protect those fundamental freedoms for every single American. We want a, a culture where people can engage in civil discourse, have you know, give and take on tough issues, uh, and go home at the end of the day and not be afraid of being punished by the government or, you know, God forbid, like what Jessica faced, um, you know, be the potential target of a terrorist attack. So the bottom line for both of you, um, is the Southern Poverty Law Center really looking to oppose hate groups, or are they just looking to gather donations from people who are like-minded politically? It's a cynical fundraising scheme where they uh, play off the fears of people about hate groups and, and, and cynically expand the definition of hate to include their political opponents. That's all it is. And they know they've got gullible northern liberals. That's what they call them. They call them, not me, that they can raise millions and millions and millions of dollars. You said $450 million. They're over $500 million now. Over $100 million of that is in offshore accounts. <laughs> and so you know, if you've got $500 million of unused donor money just sitting around, wow. uh, there, there are very few nonprofits, if any, that operate like that. And, and, and that's unfortunately their goal. And Morris Dees has been clear about that since also almost the inception of the organization. They use civil rights and, 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 and now cynically use people's fear of hate groups and things like that to just raise more and more and more money. It's Jessica Pearl-Smith, senior news writer and editor for Alliance Defending Freedom. You can find her article in USA Today. We've also been talking with Jeremy Tedesco, ADF Senior Counsel and VP of U.S. Advocacy. Look for Alliance Defending Freedom online at adflegal.org. This AccuWeather-ready storm preparedness tip is brought to you by Duracell. When a power outage or storm occurs, it's essential to prep your home, devices, and appliances from any further damage. Disconnect appliances and electronics to avoid permanent damage from electrical surges or water flooding. Rely on battery-powered devices until the power returns or the storm subsides. When you trust Duracell, there's no such thing as a power outage. Available at the Home Depot. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. 
at extremetruck.net. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. There was a time in America where in every neighborhood... On the corner, there was a small mom-and-pop grocery store. In my neighborhood, it was Butler's. But, you know, in your neighborhood, you could probably name, if you're over a certain age, you can name the guy, you know, who, who ran the store, the family that ran the store. Oftentimes, they lived upstairs from the grocery store. Those days really have long disappeared. Those those mom-and-pop stores have pretty much just gone forever. However, in uh, Oakland, uh, Groceria Morant is celebrating Marante. their... Morante. Celebrating their 40th year in business. And um, if you've ever come out the parkway and just gone straight ahead... Up Bait Street. Yep. It's on the right-hand side. A little tiny grocery store... Uh, Italian to the core. Kath, you know it well. Yeah, because that was my neighborhood. I lived there for four years on the other side of the boulevard. And so to get to Pitt's campus, I'd walk right past it. I'd walk up Bates every day, at least twice. Yeah, It's the sweetest little place. And I am shocked that it's still there. A thousand th- square feet. I am thrilled that it's still there. Yeah, heck but yeah. I remember being there in my junior year of college thinking, this place. I'm so happy it's still here, but I feel like it's fragile because there's Giant Eagle right there, right. there's CVS right there. But it is still holding on. It sure is. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Philomena and Julia Morante, two sisters who've been running this thing forever. They're born in Oakland. They live in Mount Lebanon now. Uh, their parents have since died, who uh, really were sort of the, the mm-hmm. genesis of this. The sisters have continued to work and run the shop as a family business involving their kids over the years. So this Saturday, 40th anniversary from 10 to 2. Isn't that wonderful? Food samples, cooking demos, bocce, Italian music, 
and uh, local dignitaries. Congratulations yeah. to them. Mom and Pop uh, continue on in Oakland. If you love a little place that'll seem like home, even if you've never been in there, you got to go. Bates Street in Oakland. Yep. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more during the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk with Jay Werner Wallace about the problem with answering the problem of evil. That's at 5 o'clock. Stick around. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In remarks to the AMVETS convention in Louisville, Kentucky today, President Trump says he's signing an executive order wiping out the student debts of some veterans. To eliminate every penny of federal student loan debt owed by American veterans who are completely and permanently disabled. President Trump says wounded veterans should not have to pay more. Rather, it is America who owes our heroes a supreme debt of gratitude. The administration says just half of the roughly 50,000 disabled veterans who are qualified to have their federal student loan debt forgiven have received the benefit because of a burdensome application process. Mr. Trump also is expected to headline a Louisville fundraiser for Republican Governor Matt Bevin's re-election effort. On Wall Street, the up by 240 points. The Nasdaq rose 71. The S&P advanced 24. Oil down to 55.68 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Hey, look at this. Why are you on your phone? We have dinner reservations. I'm getting a quote for life insurance from Ethos. Just look. Wow. You know, I thought it would be more expensive. A friend told me about Ethos. It's a new, straightforward kind of term life insurance that offers policies for any budget. Let's do an estimate for you. Do we have time? You just answer four simple questions to get an instant quote. (laughs) These are easy questions. And there's the instant quote. Seriously? That was really fast. I know, right? And the online application only takes about 10 minutes. No pushy agents. And in most cases, no medical exams. It's perfect for us. Can we apply right now? Why not? 
And after dinner, maybe we can celebrate. You know what? Ethos is perfect for us. Ethos is ethical term life insurance. Straightforward and super fast. Don't put it off. Go to ethoslife.com for a free instant quote now. E-T-H-O-S life.com. That's ethoslife.com. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors. And we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. Mostly cloudy and humid tonight with a low of 65. Tomorrow will be mainly cloudy and humid still with a shower or heavy thunderstorm in the area during the afternoon and evening hours. The high will be 77. Partly cloudy with just a shower or two around tomorrow night, mainly early on. The low will be 57. And then on Friday, a big change comes with less humid conditions and clearing skies with a high of 75. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The 5 o'clock edition of the Wednesday Wednesday uh, Ride Home. It's good, isn't it? Wednesday's great. Wednesday, the over-the-hump day thing. Overrated. It's overrated. totally overrated. Yeah, who's doing that? If you can't appreciate every day, then what the heck are you doing? Yeah. However, yeah. I'd, I'd always do like a Friday. <laughs> of course. I mean, is that too much You've to done say? your due diligence. No, no. <laughs> hey, so uh, we saw uh, something trending today on Twitter about the memorable the TV lines. And uh, it brought up a lot of discussion here in the studios about great TV shows who had that signature line. And uh, New Mike has gone into the archives and uh, found some of those lines. Mike, why don't you play a, a few lines, play something, and Kath and I will try to identify it, okay? Bang, soon. I'm going to the moon. I know that one. Oh, what? what? It's going to the moon, Alice. Oh, that's the Honeymooners. Did you know? Did you watch that show at all? I, I never, I didn't watch it. I mean, it, I wasn't alive when it was on oh, TV. Of course not, no, because it was... Right, because it was a long time 50s, ago. Yeah. But I did, I've watched all sorts of clips online. I think it's hilarious. It is hysterical. I mean, really, Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, um, that show, I think they made, you know, maybe 50 or so episodes of The Honeymooners. If you lived in New York City, they would play that every night at 11 o'clock on a local station. This was pre-cable. So I've seen every episode multiple, I'm multiple times. I'm surprised there aren't more episodes than that. Yeah. not th- for, for as big of an imprint as it made in early television, yeah, it's surprising that there weren't more. You'd think there'd be hundreds. Wow. But yeah. Okay. okay. To the moon, Alice. Okay. Something else, Mike. Forget a black dress. You'll stay. 
you got some splains to do. Is that Lucy? Yeah. Okay. That's Ricky Ricardo, right? Lucy was always getting into something. The original Lucy, I Love Lucy, that's a wonderful show. That's I've really never great. watched that show. You never uh-huh. did. I've seen the, the chocolate thing, you know, where she's... Oh, sure, yeah. But that's the only thing I've ever seen. It's a wonderful show. She really, truly was an incredible comedian, Lucille Ball. Okay, Mike, what else? Oh my gosh, I loved, I absolutely loved that. That's Billy Crystal from SNL. Right. To me, that was the golden era. Uh, of, yeah, of course it was. Of Saturday Night Live. Oh my gosh. You look marvelous. Wait, what, he would also say, it's better to what, look good than to feel good. Right. Right, the same. Do, do you know the character, who that was? You know, was it like, it wasn't like Ricardo Malta, was it Ricardo it was, Malta? It was, it was, I think it might have been patterned after him. Yeah. Something you look marvelous. I yeah, love okay. that. All right, very nice. Who loves your baby? Play that again. Your baby, you're beautiful. Oh no, wait, no. Who wait. loves your baby? Ah, there you go. You're beautiful. Who loves your baby? That's Kojak. That's oh. Telly Savalas. Remember With he his would, cigar? No, his lollipop. Oh, his lollipop. Right. Who loves your baby? Right, the original bald man sex symbol. Well, I guess maybe Yul Brenner was the original, but Telly Savalas, that was a big show. I remember watching it as a kid. Tough guy. I remember thinking that he, this sounds funny, hmm. but I remember thinking that whatever was happening, he was in charge of it. Like he had it covered. <laughs> of course he did, because he was Telly Savalas. He looks like Tony Campolo. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> he looks like Tony Campolo. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. He does. That is awesome. We're telling Tony next time he's on the show. Pretty good. Well, she got there, Mike. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night. Good night. Oh, that's uh, George Burns. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Now, that's one of the uh, TV shows in the early history of television that made the transition from radio to television. And that's how that was their signature closing line every night. The weird thing is that um, Grace Allen, she was a wonderful, wonderful comedian. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a like a little baby doll voice. Play that one more time, Mike. So George, uh, George Burns is saying goodnight to his wife. We're a little late. So say goodnight, Gracie. Good night. Good night. Yeah, hard to say. You know, just a little, tiny little second of So what, what year would that have been? Early television. 53, 54. Okay. You know, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. Okay. What else you got, Mike? Whatever, Ed, son. Oh, it's the worst one. This is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Sanford and Son. Oh, that's Red Fox. I loved that show. That's a wonderful oh show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Damon Wilson, right? Yep. Uh, who, yeah, he was a son. He was on our show uh, years ago. Before what? I was around. Yeah, years ago. Here's the, here's the weird thing. Um, this is so long ago. I was in the studio, uh, in Mike's studio, by myself one day, and the hotline was ringing. And, you know, I picked up the hotline, and it was, of all people, Damon Wilson. <laughs> What? It was. I'm telling you. This is an absolutely 100% true story. I was like, hey, Word FM. And he's like, we got into this conversation. And he said, I'm coming to Pittsburgh. And I'm just looking for you know, uh, information about uh, I don't know what he was really looking for. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, hold Back on. Back up. Wait. This is Damon Wolfson from the Red Fox. So he goes, yeah, I'm a pastor. You know that. I'm a pastor. What? Oh, yeah. 
I'm a pastor, and I'm coming to, t- to Pittsburgh, and I'm just looking for some information. That's crazy. So I said, oh, you got to join us on the show. And so he did. He spent, you know, half an hour with us talking. That is awesome. That's totally awesome. random. Just, you know, just by it happened. Right person, right place, I right time. I want to tell you, that's the first time ever in all of these years that any guest has ever called us and said, <laughs> hey, can I be on? That is not a normal occurrence. We're talking about the most memorable TV lines in history. This was trending on Twitter this morning, and that's what got us thinking about it. All right, Mike, play us another one. Saturday night, 10 o'clock. What fantasy, fantasy island? Fantasy island. The plane boss, the plane. Uh-huh. What was that in reference to? It was, well, the people were coming on the plane oh. that had the little, what do you call the the, the pontoons? Uh-huh. And they were delivering the people who were trying to escape their horrible life and find a beautiful moment. I didn't like that show. Well, it was it creepy. It creeped me out. Exactly. It was That's super the, creepy, but I watched it every single yeah. week. Ricardo Montalban. Montalban, right? And, Hervé Villache. Yes, That's Hervé his Villache. Name. That was his name. I used to go to a barber in Bloomfield who had Ricardo Montalban's photo on the wall. Because um, he got his hair once? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Denardo's up in Bloomfield. Hit it, Mike. Book him, Dano. Oh, I love that. That's a uh, that's a uh, Hawaii Five O. What's his name? Um, Jack Lord. Yeah, with the big cowlick. Oh man, what a good looking guy, right? He that, he's like Telly Savalas. He's in charge. That was another. That was a really good show. Oh, it was a great show. I never, I never watched that when it was on either. But I watched it in reruns, and oh. I thought it was everything. Listen, KDKA here locally, they ran that show. Yeah, at eleven thirty. Fifty-five years. That's when I watched it. Oh, I watched it eleven thirty on Friday night. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it makes. Welcome, Dano. It makes the new one. Look like absolute garbage. I've not seen the new one. Oh, it's horrible. Is it really? It's ho- it's, of course. Isn't it's the guy atrocious. from Lost on the new one? Yeah, but he's not very good. Oh, it's a shame. All okay. right. Give me another one. Dynamite! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Uh, good Times? Yes. Yeah. Do you know it? I oh, mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. 77, 78. That sounds right. That, yeah. yeah. Jimmy was that Walker? O.J. Simpson? What? 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 No, was I don't he on think that so. Show? I don't think so. Was he? Yeah, really? he was. No, what? Wasn't OJ, OJ Simpson was a, on I don't Good think, Times? Was OJ? I don't pretty think OJ sure. ever did a, a sitcom. Oh, he. I mean, he. he it was like a guest spot. Oh, but I'm oh. pretty sure he was on Good Times. Oh, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, he was on Good Times. Really? Well, Jimmy Walker was a gigantic star. That was one of those catchphrases people would walk around just you know yelling out. <laughs> Dynamite! <laughs> All okay, right, what else? You got? And that's the way it is. Friday, March sixth, nineteen eighty-one. I'll be away on assignment, and Dan Rather will be sitting in here for the next few years. Oh, Walter Cronkite saying goodbye. That was a comforting presence. That surely was. If you weren't alive during that era of network Mm. television where that man and few others were the voice of authority and total trust— Walter Cronkite, I mean, throughout the 60s, of, of course, uh, you know, the coverage of JFK's uh, assassination and the tumultuous years there. And the moon of course, landing. The moon landing and Apollo 11 and all that. Yeah. I mean, Walter Cronkite held the keys to the nation. He knew the heartbeat mm-hmm. of what was going on in America in the 60s and the 70s. And you believed everything he told you. Sure did, yeah. Boy, have we... It's hard to believe the cliff we've fallen off. <laughs> now. Nothing. Good God. There's right, no one Mike, even like him. You got another one? Yeah, I do that. <laughs> That's Urkel, right? Urkel. I never watched that show. What oh. year was that? Eighty, mid eighties. Eighty nine. Yeah, late eighties. Okay. Yeah. Urkel. Um, he's is he still alive? Urkel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he? I hope he is. Definitely. What, he, was he? He was like the little skinny guy. Right. Right. He's in his forties now. Okay. Right. Urkel. Okay. I know what he's doing. You got it, dude. You got it, dude. You got it, dude. 
You've got it, dude. I have no idea what, what that does that is. mean. Come on. I cannot believe you guys. I don't know. know what year is, what is, show is this? It came out on September 22nd, 1987. That's okay. busy. All right. Yeah. yeah. It has Uncle Jesse. Okay. No. What? Uh, nothing. No. Uncle got, Jesse? I, I wasn't nothing. watching TV. Jesse Consopolis? I got no, nothing. Nothing. Full House? Nothing. Oh, Full House. You gotta be kidding me. I got I, nothing. You know, I never, I never watched a single House. episode of Full no, House. I could have cared less. Who's saying, who's saying, dude. what is that? Who's watching Michelle that? Michelle Tanner. Oh, is what that one who's watching Is that, that one of the Olsen twins? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That didn't turn out well. Okay. Oh, are you kidding me? They're making millions. Sure. All right, tell me another one. All right. Left these chunkies. Newman! Someone who is. Oh, Newman. Newman. That's Jerry Seinfeld. Fabulous. Okay, I love that. That's it. We're all done. Okay. Well, there's a zillion. Right? I, I just thought of three more. Just yeah. right. Up. Well, how about the Seinfeld? No soup for you. Okay. The how, soup Nazi. A soup Nazi. Yeah. That's right. Okay. How how about Slamiel Slamazel? Oh, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Yes. Yeah. I've, okay. Maybe when we come back after the uh, after the next segment, we'll have to do a couple more because all of a sudden my mind is burgeoning with possibilities. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Live from New York on Saturday night. Oh, what's right? another good one? No soup for you. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is not a once in a lifetime experience. The Spirit filled life happens day after day. Keep on being filled with the Spirit of God every single day. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 9 30 on 101.5 WORD. At Accurate Solutions Group, we're known to consort with pirates, penguins, and even panthers, and of course the Steelers. Maybe fans of Pittsburgh's most beloved sports teams turn to us because they know we're Yinzers too. So whether you're a pirate fan, penguin, panther, or Steelers, or all of the above, give us a call. I'm Kurt Kanodik. Ethan and I will help you get to where you need to be. Retirement is what we do, independent is what we are, and fiduciary is how we practice. Retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. A retirement blueprint from Accurate Solutions Group. It's customized and personalized to your unique situation. Call 412-515-3555. It's never too late and it's never too early. 412-515-3555. Or visit asgretire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. With a new college semester right around the corner, your student might need a new mattress for their apartment or dorm. At the Original Mattress Factory, we hand-build twin extra-long mattresses and box springs that are commonly used in college dorms. In fact, we offer twin extra-long mattresses in a variety of models to match every budget and comfort preference. And we can deliver to anywhere in the U.S., including colleges and universities. 
Visit OriginalMattress.com or an Original Mattress Factory store near you to learn more. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness. Just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Make every day count with your finances. Here's a tip from the founder of Debt Proof Living, Mary Hunt. I think the key to getting out of debt is to first be content with where you are, to truly want what you have. If you focus on what you don't have or can't do, you're more likely to break down and buy yourself something. Trust me, shopping will not make you happy, but counting your blessings will. Focus on what you do have. And remember, don't beat yourself up for being in debt. If you're overwhelmed by debt, there is hope. But hope is not a strategy. You need a plan. So talk to a Christian organization that you trust and find out who they recommend for debt management. That's just one idea to help you make every day count. Get a whole wallet full of ideas online at facebook.com slash make every day count from Focus on the Family. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Problem of evil. It's our biggest question. As of people. course it is. Anytime, I mean, if, in our if own God, hearts. If God was a good God, then why did this happen to my kid? Why did this happen to you? Why did this happen to them? The tree of why? life shooting. I mean, how, how could God have allowed that to happen? How are people, you know, in sanctuary praising God and people are murdered? Does God exist because of that? Why would God let that happen? How could God have sat there and watched the Holocaust right. and allowed it to go on? Our friend Jay Warner Wallace is with us. Jim is the uh, Dateline featured cold case detective. Jim is also the senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor of apologetics at Biola, author of Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, and also creator of The Casemakers for Kids. Hey, Jim, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you with us. How are you, friend? Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah, glad to be back with you guys. Thank and of you. Of course, this is a difficult topic, right? We're going to answer the problem of evil here in a few minutes. It's I guess, six minutes, you guys. Yeah, we're going to sum it right? up, but I'm sure that we won't leave anyone with any questions whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no questions. We're going to have the final word on this. But this is a question I actually get asked quite a bit uh, working uh, homicides because, you know, some of these are just terrible. Um, they're all terrible, of course, but some are like, you know, when you have younger victims or the more horrific the nature of the crime, I mean, you, you can, you're going to encounter victims' families that are going to ask this question, you know, why did this happen to my 10-year-old daughter? Why did this happen? You know, and that's that's where you get to a place 
where you're, you're stuck on the, kind of between the horns of this dilemma. I know that I need to answer that question both as an investigator to help them understand, you know, what were the, were the sequence of events and how can we trace those back to figure out who did this? That's that's part of the problem. But the other problem, of course, is much deeper, and and it's for people who really, even whether you're a believer or not, we all struggle with evil. And we have to, and all of us are trying to find a way to explain. And now, look, we could just say that we're just in this chaotic universe that's governed by physics. And in a universe like that, there's no one really there to care about what happens, and, and bad things are going to happen. Things are going to get broken, uh, and there really is no rhyme or reason for any of it. But from our perspective as Christians, we believe there's a good God who's both all-powerful and all-loving, and that's where the dilemma mm-hmm. is, I think. That's right. So in your experience, you worked cold case homicides for a long time, Jim. And so you were working on an evidence-based process. So first off, talk about that. How did you go back and assess what could have happened? And that's the problem. Uh, the problem is that all these cases, it's, it's, you don't stand in front of a jury and you say, okay, here's my case. I'm going to tell you the one thing that demonstrates that this defendant is guilty of this crime. The cases we work, by and large, across America are are usually cumulative cases in which you have lots of pieces of evidence that are assembled together to make a case for what happened in the past and why it happened. And those are cases that sometimes take four to six to eight weeks in front of a jury to present this large cumulative case. And I think when we try to answer the problem of evil for people, that is the real challenge, is that there is no one answer that I think is satisfying. I think it's a cumulative case. I think there are a number of reasons why God might allow something bad to happen in his creation, something bad to happen to the people who actually love him, to his own children. There are a number of reasons, I think, and when they're considered in totality, that's why this is a hard answer to provide on Twitter, right, or on on social media, because there's no one... I, I need time with people, and sometimes when we're answering this question... We can answer it in a very kind of um, dry, uh, evidential way, but a lot of times people are hurting, and and they don't – yes, there's a rational case we could make for why this happened. At the same time, there are people who just need to be held to a process of mourning. Right. And and so we have to kind of do both of those things, right? So, yeah, I'm willing to, to make a case for why this happens, but at the same time, I know that for a lot of people who have suffered evil, that case may not seem uh, emotionally satisfying, even if it is intellectually satisfying. Yes, and, and, but one of the threads, Jim, and just a, a wild stab here, that um, one of the threads of why evil happens, I bet it probably uh, involves you and I, all of us as human beings, and the nature of sin in our lives. Yeah, I, I think it, it, just for the kind of evil that we see working criminal trials, working criminal cases, if we think there's a God who's good and loving, I think he's going to want to create a universe in which we can behave in a way that is loving toward others. In other words, he's going to create a universe in which love is possible. The problem, of course, is that that's a very dangerous universe because the thing that precedes your ability to love is your free agency. You have to have the freedom to act because love cannot be coerced. If you want real love from people, you first have to create this dangerous universe in which people are free to act. And that means they are also free to act poorly. (laughs) They're free to hate. They're free to do terrible crimes. But without that kind of freedom, 
you're just a meat robot that has no – you're not really loving. You can call it love when you act affectionately. But to be honest, if you're programmed and that's all you are, it's not really love any more than your programmed toy can love you or the application on your phone can love you. You have to have the freedom. Now, that's a dangerous double-edged uh, blade. But God does not just throw that at us and, and doesn't teach us how to catch it. In fact, what he does is he gives us that dangerous thing called freedom. And then he gives us a training manual that teaches us not how not to abuse that freedom. Now, a lot of us don't read the manual, or we reject the manual. But that's, that's a good God is going to give you both that dangerous freedom necessary for love and going to teach you how to use that dangerous thing. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people I deal with have ignored the teaching or ignored the training manual. Jay Warner Wallace, cold case homicide detective for decades in Orange County, California. He is the author of many excellent pieces. Uh, happy to have him here with us. Apologetics and Biola as well. Author of Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene. What we also have to accept, though, along with what you've already said, Jim, is that God has allowed us to have freedom. And so, therefore, his all-powerfulness is what? Restrained? Well, it's not, it's not – okay, there's two possibilities. If the, if the universe is governed by simply the laws of physics, then in reality we have no options because if all we are – physics cannot decide to let you go. In a physical universe, you're just another physical object that, that reacts to prior physical objects coming in contact with mm-hmm. you. In other words, there is no free agency under a universe that is determined by the laws of physics. That's a, it's called physicalism. Uh, it results in determinism, this idea that you are just responding to prior neurons that are firing in your brain, and you don't really have the free agency you think you have. Now, if the universe is governed by a god, that god might, for any number of reasons, although he is certainly powerful enough to control every aspect of his creation, he might, for any number of reasons, let go of certain things to allow us to act. Now, that's a mystery even within Christianity. There's a big debate about what, you know, God's sovereignty and, and man's free agency. I get that. But we can have that debate as theists, people who believe in God. You really can't get that debate as the atheist who, who thinks the entire governing forces of the universe are the impersonal forces of physics. Those forces do not have the option of saying, you know, I could control this, but I'm not going to. A god, though, could say that. And so I think under these two options, only one gives you the abil- any freedom at all, any ability at all for freedom. And that is then the world that we, be- we believe as Christians exists, a universe that is governed by a personal being. Yes. But remember, if we're, we're trying to measure this under this small period of time we call our temporal lives. And I think that's a big mistake. I think the idea here is if, if we are right about our view, your life is not a line segment from birth to death. You know, 90 years you hope will be pain-free with no evil, okay? Our view is that your life is a ray that starts at birth, goes through the point we call death. And you remember your geometry, right? It goes off into eternity. So you are an everlasting creature that starts at birth but goes on beyond the grave. So you have not just a temporal life, you have an eternal life. Now, some of us have suffered evil in the first two or three years of our life. But by the time we were a teenager, we'd forgotten that we had that surgery, that we had that calamity in our lives. Evil is measured in the context of your life. So if you have the worst 90 years you could possibly imagine, a thousand years into eternity, that 90 years is a small fraction. A million years into eternity, that 90 years is a blip. So I think whatever we think about God, he's offered us eternal life, and that has to at least play into how we see and evaluate evil. 
And if we're going to act as though we don't have eternal life, that's what I find myself doing. I find myself mourning the evil I see, mourning someone getting sick and dying in their 40s, as though atheism is true. And you only get 90 years. You want the max. But reality, of course, is that as a Christian, I believe we're all eternal creatures. And while you might leave us in the first 40, we'll see you again, and you will live eternally. That, I think, changes everything. Now, Jim, as a police officer, first in your career, and then later on as a cold case homicide detective, you've talked to us, and of course, in your excellent works that you produced over the years, the books, you've talked about your your, uh, very strong atheism. So nothing's more powerful than you yourself and that conversation and the study and finally the surrender as you came to Christ as a believer in Jesus to go from that uh, that strong atheist viewpoint, even though in the midst of your cold case work as a police officer, you were surrounded daily by evil. So what was that like? Yeah. Well, I was one of those guys who was just like, hey, get over it. <laughs> you know, this is the way the world is. What do you want? No, no whining. Make the best of the 90 years you get. And I would, my view at the time was you could spend a lot of time uh, kind of wallowing in your self-pity, or you can just get on with your life because you only get 90 years. Honestly, that was really what, what kind of guided my approach to, um, you know, to, to how I would assess. Now, of course, you can't share that with people you're, you're working with in your, in your field, if, especially if you've got victims' families. But as I, I became a Christian and I had the opportunity to work some of these cases where families didn't have justice for 30 years. And then I reopen the case, and I find out that the families are really got many believers in the family who have really struggled with this problem of evil, and why would God you know, allow this to happen? And then 30 years go by without any justice. So I've been able to have these kinds of conversations uh, with those kinds of families. And I'm just glad that I was prepared by the time I got to work cold cases, that I was prepared with the Christian worldview. Look, you, we, we see this all the time, right? We, Marty Sampson, uh, you know, uh, Josh Harris, um, Joshua Harris, these folks who will lead. Now, Marty would say it, he's been writing, they've been writing about him in the last couple of days, saying that, hey, a lot of the reason why he was struggling in his faith was simply based on an inability to reconcile different problems of evil, the, uh, the problems he thought that existed in the Scripture. In other words, they were really apologetics issues that he was wrestling with. You know, how do I, you know, how do I answer these, these? This is why it's so important for us to train our young people to be able to answer the problem, at least to think uh, philosophically and theologically about the problem of evil under a Christian worldview. So that when they encounter these bumps in the road, which they are inevitably going to encounter, the one thing we know from sure, for sure, is that if there's one thing uh, you know, Scripture teaches about suffering is that you will encounter it. And so the question then becomes, when that happens, will you be shaken in your faith? Mm-hmm. There's a, there are public figures, at least one of which was shaken in his faith because he couldn't answer the most difficult questions that, that atheists would, would, would pose. And, and I think this is one of the biggest questions you know, on college campuses. Trust me, the questions you're going to get from atheist students are almost always centered on some form of the problem of evil. And that's why I think it's important for us to raise our kids with the ability to at least think clearly about this. And again, it will be cumulative. It's how does God use evil? Uh, well, why would he give us this kind of freedom? Uh, why would he, you know, how does eternity play into it? How does character development play into it? How does, there's a number of lines of, of, of thinking that I think we have to, and I wrote an article online called The Problem with you know, Addressing the Problem of Evil, is that we have to be able as parents to help our kids see it from all those different angles. That's Jay Warner Wallace, Dateline featured cold case detective. He's a senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview. He's the author of God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith, creator of the Casemakers Academy for Kids. Jim, let's do it again soon. We miss you. 
Hey, I really enjoy being with you guys. I'm so glad. This is the time of year where you're seeing all these images on social media of kids standing and posing in their best first day of school. And those kids all have this mix of um, uh, dread and excitement across their faces. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody remembers that, right? We were there as well, first day of school. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what to expect. And it's even more so when you're going from high school to college. I had a whole group of kids on my porch a couple nights ago who are all going to different colleges, and they were uniformly excited and terrified. <laughs> because that's what it is to start college. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? without a doubt. I remember when my daughter started at Grove City College, and I was an emotional wreck. She was terrified. But there was some sort of calm and confidence in taking her to Grove City and in moving her in. Right. Not to say that you're moving your child into a monastery, but there is something about knowing Grove City is Christ-centered, right? how that works in your child's life, in your life, that you have confidence your child's going to go there and not only grow academically, but spiritually. And there's a great power in that. Right. So it's spiritual formation without the school hitting you over the head with it. You know, without being a legalistic environment, it's a way to encourage people in their relationship with Christ and whatever it is they're pursuing academically. Right. So school's underway and... Kids are going to have a great year. Lots of fun, lots of excitement. You want to send your kid to a great school? Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Bart, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you, Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena, October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. For the resources and know-how to make it all work, there's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. Mostly cloudy and humid tonight with a low of 65. Tomorrow will be mainly cloudy and humid still with a shower or heavy thunderstorm in the area during the afternoon and evening hours. The high will be 77. Partly cloudy with just a shower or two around tomorrow night, mainly early on. The low will be 57. And then on Friday, a big change comes with less humid conditions and clearing skies with a high of 75. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler, we were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns to stare at the window at the darkness, the boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. 
He said, son, I've made a life. Okay, there's, there are things I wish I could know and master. Yeah. Poems I wish I could memorize. Portions of scripture that are earth-shatteringly beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I know every word to the gambler. Well, you- Why can't you purge your brain of the things you don't need? Now, wait a second. Tell the story because obviously you had a lot of emotional investment in this. When I was in seventh grade, yeah. on my Christmas list, I asked for and received... Kenny Rogers' Greatest Hits. Kenny Rogers' Greatest Hits. On cassette. On cassette, really. Kenny Rogers. Uh, uh, Today's his birthday. Yes, it is. Uh, 83 years old today. 83? Yes. Kenny, Mm -hmm. getting up there. Now, he doesn't look anything like Kenny Rogers anymore. No, because he's been plasticized. Right. He he looks like someone who may have known Kenny Rogers at one point. No, no, he doesn't. What he looks like is he's someone eternally surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. But, you know, he was a gigantic star. You know, two of his albums are on the uh, country top 200 uh, all-time albums. What? Like, one of them is probably the greatest hits, which I had. The Gambler and Kenny. Mm -hmm. No. Kenny. Neither one of them are greatest hits. What should we name this album? Mm, (laughs) You want to call it Jack? No, let's call it Kenny. Who decided? That's just stupid. Kenny, because that's how big of a star he was. Everybody knew who he was. Of course, he had a major. He had a major TV show. Yeah, he sang duets with Dolly Parton. Right. He had a, a chain of chicken restaurants. Um. What else? He he was on like um, uh, infomercial TV for a long time as didn't, well. Yeah, and didn't he do Hee Haw? Hee Haw. I don't know about that. He may, he, have, he may have made a guest appearance I or so. I don't think he was a regular. No, he wasn't a regular, but I think he probably made a star appearance he here and there. I wonder how many times he appeared at the Grand Old Opry. Would you love to go there? The I Grand Old Opry? Yeah. I've been to the Grand Old Opry. Whoa. Oh, it's oh, fabulous. Oh, that's right. You were there with oh, Mark Collinsworth. Yeah, it's fabulous. Kenny, uh, yeah, Kenny Rogers made a guest appearance on the Hee Haw 10th anniversary Thank celebration. You, 10th anniversary. I right. also lied. He's 82. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Well, anyway, happy birthday to the gambler, Kenny Rogers. All right? Take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, Karen Swallow Pryor. From, from the gambler to purity culture. Oh, yeah. Where else can you hear that? You got to know when. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. What's the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness depends on what happens. Joy depends upon the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And the only way that you can rejoice always is to rejoice in the Lord because He never changes. Adrian Rogers helps you celebrate the victory this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Our total basement finishing system is unique, but what's even more unique is the way we interact with our clients. Energy Swings Steve Rennekamp on building the basement of your dreams. You have a dream to finish your basement. The question is whose dream is it? A lot of other companies start working on your basement and build it the way they want to build it. And so it ends up not being exactly what you wanted. We don't work that way. With our 3D rendering system, you can actually see what your dream looks like before you decide to invest. 
our design consultant comes out and actually builds the basement with you on his computer, and you can see a 3D rendering of that finished basement. And if you don't like something, we can change it around. We can even place furniture in the 3D rendering so you can see if all the things you want to do in the basement will fit the way you would like them to fit, which gives you a unique perspective on what the finished job is going to look like before anything is done. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at EnergySwingWindows.com. You've all helped build MyPillow and with the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to Word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper, regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. big changes in the Oakland Corridor. Uh, another um, social club is up for sale. First, it was the Pittsburgh Athletic Association, known for many decades as the PAA, and home to any number of guys. I mean, this club was oh my gosh. notorious. Some would say, nef- you know, uh, what? Nefarious. Nef- nefarious. You could uh, have your own room there. It was so beautiful. It sure was. Oh my gosh, I it love it. It's right on Fifth Avenue. Sort of like the one percent of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That, you know that. Yeah. So for it was for faculty members. Mm-hmm. It was for people who had tenure. Yes. People who had disposable income. Clergy. Right when CMU started on its rise, there were a lot of CMU professors, research scholars that ended up at the PAA. Yeah. I mean, it was a gorgeous place. Oh. But as clubs declined. Their membership declined, and all of a sudden, people weren't. If people were going out to eat, they wanted to go out to eat in this, you know, restaurant city of the year. They didn't want to eat at the club yeah. all the time. Well, let's go to Roy Rogers <laughs> or Kenny Rogers. Okay, so now, um, right down the street from the um, the PAA, the Twentieth Century Club, which I did not know this, it was a woman's group mm-hmm. that dated back to eighteen ninety four, and like the PAA. A beautiful building, right? So it was the women's version of the PAA. So yes. the PAA used to be all men, right? And Twentieth Century Club was the was the you know companion organization. It was the one for all women. Have you been there inside? If there is one building in all of Pittsburgh, I could buy. That'd be it. That'd be it. Why? I love that building so much. It is such a jewel. Mm-hmm. It has the most beautiful layout. It has such lovely rooms. It is a 
gem. Now, I've only been to the ballroom. I've been to weddings in the okay. ballroom. Which is a great, uh, that's a great, that's like an era, that's like a big band era. It sure is. Thing. It's like you you're, you want to see a uh, the scene from White Christmas come out. <laughs> right. You know, Rosemary Clooney right. and Vera Ellen come out and do sisters. But was it like the PAA? Were there rooms that you could spend well, the night? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I There are probably three or four floors I've never been to. Okay. But there are three floors that I have spent a good amount of time in over the years. And there are, you know, little rooms that are like a like a bar area. There are little rooms that are libraries. There are mm. little sitting rooms. There are smaller rooms for smaller groups. So if you weren't going to a, like a wedding or a, a large group situation, if you were only going to have 50 people, there'd be a room. If you were only going to have 13 people, there'd be a room. I see. I mean, so- it, you feel like you're transported back to an era where this was somebody's house. Right. This was somebody's beautiful, welcoming home. The 20th Century Club then was, for people of means, the club. It was for women. they gathered. It was for wealthy, educated women. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Boy, wouldn't you love the, you know, if that phrase, if, if the these walls, walls could talk. Could talk. All I the conversations. I have thought that so many times being in there. Right. I think, what the heck went on here? Yeah. I mean, it is a really lovely space. Well, sort of uh, the end of another era here. So what, what's, what are they saying about it? Well, they're saying that um, for years, this is, this is the, more than several times they've, they've talked about uh, selling the building. Uh, in 2011, members helped to keep the doors open by sustaining a $1,000 increment in certificates, right? Mm. So you could buy sort of like, you know, a, share. a portion of it. Yeah. A turnaround committee was formed to attract new members in 2006, but uh, the club's Monday morning lectures, which have been a staple for many years, topics have included architecture, business, gardening, education, political cartoons. Those were sort of the draw mm. in the later okay. years. Uh, then in 2014, uh, they started doing something where they were doing a business co-op, co-working memberships, so you could share for the first time joining it. Now they're saying, well, um, we're not quite sure how to do this. We're going to hire a real estate agent looking to sell the building maybe for, you know, uh, what there's a couple of different prices here, $12.6 million, maybe $25 million. But uh, they hope to, like the PAA did, have some portion of it set aside for longtime members mm-hmm. rooms health clubs and what you know what it seems like it'd be perfect for first mm. of all i have mentioned that i want to buy it yeah i can't afford the 12, the 12 million dollar price i can't Somewhere i just i know you thought i could but i just have to come up publicly and yeah, say yeah. i'm just not capable of it um but it would be a perfect boutique hotel so if you think of like a, a but we've bo- got like eight million sw- boutique hotels i'm just saying it would that it would be perfect for that it it's already set up to do that, th- yeah, I, yeah. I mean i don't know what the rooms are like like i said i don't know anything about that but the feel of it is like a perfect new york city mm-hmm. boutique hotel where you walk into the foyer there's a beautiful fresh flower arrangement at a round table and you feel like it's 1910 oh, okay all right well, I mean, right down the street, right? The PAA has already become that boutique hotel. Now there's gigantic construction. Is that going to be a boutique hotel, though? I think that's just going to be a mainstream. A or something. I think it's going to be a mainstream. This would be something small and special. Well, it's right across the street from the University of Pittsburgh. You know, probably more often than not, it will fall into those if hands. If anyone's listening to the program and has the funding to do this, I would love to help you figure out how to make it a boutique what, hotel. What, now this is going to be like, you're like on Dynasty. I'm just saying mm. that from a design perspective, I would love to get on board that project. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Well, you know, if someone comes through for me, I'll have to, I'll have to work you guys in. Is that a Kickstarter campaign? Oh, you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see Mike like with a bellhop uh, outfit on. 
Well, a little round hat. That would be Call awesome. Call for Philip Morris. Something like that. <laughs> Philip you know? Morris. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, I'll be at the front desk. I want to ring the bell. Ding. I you could be like the lady of the house. There. I, would, I could be like the hostess with the mostest. All right, fine. One thing I can't be is the buyer. <laughs> no. Sorry. It'd be the largest Kickstarter, Kickstarter campaign in the history of Kickstarter. It's just a vanity project, so. Sorry. Philip. Yes. Call for Philip Morris. Mike, you look good in that little round hat. Thanks. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church. Impact Christian Church. The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick Brothers return to the big screen this week with Overcomer. Well, I have a season with one runner. One runner matters. John Harrison is a frustrated coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. What have you allowed to define you? Overcomer in theaters this Friday. Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shirer. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. For a great portable snack that's healthy and natural, go with grapes from California. On a train or in the car, California grapes go where you go. Grab a bunch of healthy today at Giant Eagle. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. So over the last couple of days, Planned Parenthood has been back in the news. Now, maybe two months ago or six weeks, maybe they cut ties with uh, Leanna Wen, who was their president. For eight months. Right. They had hired her um, and they were very excited about having someone who's a medical doctor be the head of the organization that 
I claim is mostly a lobbying group and women's health care is not their focus. What their focus is, is keeping abortion legal more right. than anything else. Well, I think they proved that. They had to part ways with Leanna Wen only after only eight months. Because seemingly she was a voice of reason. She wanted to say, look, aren't we concerned about health care for women? And they were saying, well, actually, we're not. Yeah. And now they didn't say that, but that's what they mean. They're the really door. not concerned about health care for women. They're no. concerned about keeping abortion legal. Anyway, so uh, that was uh, that brought them into the media focus. Just in the last couple days, uh, the news is re- regarding Title X funding for family planning. Now, if, if you've ever heard of, of Title X, it helps to ensure that every person, regardless of where they live or how much money they make or what social category they're in, they have access to basic preventive reproductive health care. Right. Okay, so that's what it is. So Planned Parenthood has gotten a lot of um, Title X funding over the year. But uh, earlier this year, the Trump administration released a new rule that would bar organizations receiving Title X funding for giving out abortion referrals. Now, I am a big fan of that. I supported that um, because family planning and abortion are not the same thing. Right. Okay? Totally different. Preventing someone from getting pregnant is not the same as aborting a child who is already living. So I thought that that was I thought that that was a good rule, but it did put Planned Parenthood in a difficult situation. So they had a choice: they could either no longer, you know, keep the Title X funding, no longer refer people for abortions. Now, if they would have chosen that, to me, that would have shown that they were just they're interested in healthcare for women, right? right? They're interested in helping women have contraceptive. Yeah. Ha- have access to contraceptives and also just get basic, you know, health care. But instead, they chose to reject the $60 million in federal funds so they could keep on referring people for abortions because that's what Planned Parenthood does. Right. Now, this that's is their a- bread and butter. That's how they get their money. That's where their heart is. But for many years, people would say, well, Planned Parenthood, they're receiving federal money. This right. Is and they are to- receiving federal money. And don't you worry, because they rejected the $60 million in Title X, but it doesn't mean they'll lose all their federal funding because it receives about $500 million from Medicaid per year. $500 million. Yeah, that's our tax dollars, in case you're Holy wondering smokes. about that. That is a heck of a lot. $500 million. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, that will just continue to be a stain on uh, right. who we are as Americans. Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in uh, in radio people, right? Uh, old shows. I mean, probably... We were the- talking yesterday was National Radio Day. Oh, right, yeah. We talked about the, the radio hosts that we have loved the most over the years. Yeah. I mean, um, I thought of so many people after we went off the air who, who, I, didn't, who I didn't mention. You know who else I really like? Hmm. I really like Jim Bohannon over the years. Oh, Jim Bohannon. He's still on the air. He's still That's on the air. a great show. He's on KDK. Jim Bohannon was put in place by Larry King. Exactly. Larry King, uh, national radio talk show host, I think it was like from uh, 78 until ni- mid-90s. Uh, let me see. 1994. I mean, he was on for hour mm-hmm. after hour after hour. Yeah. And quite honestly, early on, that was pretty interesting radio. Listen, I thought he was way better on radio than TV. Me too. Before he got his talk show with the suspenders on CNN. Right. I thought that he was, was better. bad. Uh, I never was a fan of the TV show. Now, I also thought, though, that once Jim Bohannon took over his show, yeah. it got better. Yeah, it did. I mean, later on, I think, you know, uh, he sort of... Because, look, we do a lot of prep here for two hours of radio. Larry King Live uh, was on the air, what, four hours, five hours? It was a long time. At least four. I wonder how long it was. I don't think it was five. I think it was four. That's a large staff. And then he went from doing four hours of radio to doing one hour of TV. He must have thought he had hit the jackpot. Of course he did, because he probably had a staff of 60 for one hour of television. 
Anyway, uh, news today. Larry King is 85 years old. Wow, that's surprising. 85. Saw this uh, on the front page of USA Today that uh, Larry King is divorcing his seventh wife after 22 years of marriage. The man's 85 years old. He's 85 and he had, he is he, he decided to divorce her? Um, I, I did not really go into the details of what he said, she said. You didn't? I, no, you know, it's not People Magazine. But I just, I bring it up because I loved Larry King as a radio guy. But to you know, see the headline and go, uh, uh, he's been married eight times. He married uh, the same woman twice. He filed for divorce. Okay. So at you know 85. Why? Because at 85, he couldn't take it a minute I've, longer. I've it. So, you know, maybe he's looking for Mrs. Like, Wright listen, number nine. Listen, I just want to tell you, if I'm still working with you guys when I'm 85, I'm just going to stay put. <laughs> I'll be taking care of you guys. Yeah, you will Sweet. be. The show will be brought to you by Paula Dent and Depends. <laughs> Somebody right? bring in the puree mashed potatoes. It's I mean, fine. Look, I have a little trouble right now. I'll be out of my mind at <laughs> 85. I'll be wandering around the hallways here at Word FM. So he was, he's, married, he's been married to... S- Eight times. You've been married... S- to seven people. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. He's got five kids. Okay. So, I don't know. It's also Kenny Rogers' birthday. And I, I lied earlier. I said he was 83, and mm-hmm. then I changed it to 82. <laughs> and he's actually 81. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Things that's I didn't a, know. How old is Kenny Rogers? Great research yeah. right there. Right, yeah. That's our staff of Listen, 60. Those were two websites that weren't yeah. coming oh, through it's, for Oh, me. blame the website well, now, I don't right? Care. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.